For many riders, adventure motorcycling is all about pushing the limits, pushing into areas that an adventure-sized bike probably shouldn't be, or at least a few years ago, people would have stood there in wide-eyed wonder at your impossibly large machine going in places where maybe a dirt bike would be expected. But that's the thrill of it for many riders. And of course, when we push those limits, things occasionally go wrong, like the bike that quits running because you dropped it in the river, or maybe the battery that won't crank your, your engine over in the morning, broken chain, the list is really endless. But when you have a dead bike, what's your choice? You call a tow truck, and that works in most cases, but if you're in a place where you can't get a tow truck, or maybe it's very expensive, like the outback of Australia, or the Yukon, or Alaska, you may find yourself in a situation where calling a tow truck is out of the question, and towing the bike is your only option. Now, as easy as it sounds, hooking a strap from one bike to another and dragging it down the road, well, it's not like that at all. It's extremely complicated and very difficult to do, but with the correct instruction and some practice, it's a skill that should be in your repertoire of rider skills. And today on Adventure Rider Radio's exclusive rider skills, we have towing a motorcycle with a motorcycle, as well as bump starting your bike, getting it going in the morning with that dead battery. And then we're going to talk about a specially designed tow strap just for motorcycles that could help solve the main challenge of towing a motorcycle. My name's Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We've got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manikin. Ted Simon. Austin Vance. Simon Pavey. Brian Phil. Helen Capetos. Jocelyn Snow. Carl Parker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Jim Hart. Jansen. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Before we get started, I want to thank these fine companies that helped get this episode out today. It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA. Comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Googletech filters. CyclePump.com. Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. Sign up for their e-rider newsletter. It's free, maxbmw.com. Rider Skills is an exclusive program we developed here at Adventure Rider Radio designed to give you the tools that can improve your riding skills both on and off-road. Now, of course, this segment is not meant to be a substitute for professional training. These are ideas and concepts that should you choose to try, you're clearly doing so at your own risk. The need to tow a motorcycle seems to never arrive at a convenient time or place. In fact, just the idea that you have to tow a bike can add to the stress of a situation. It's not an easy task towing another bike and there's more to consider than just your ability to tow the rider being towed must be equally skilled and the communication between the two riders must be in sync as well it's it's more like a choreographed dance between the two riders and motorcycles at least compared to a car just like all of our riding skills towing skills must be understood learned and practiced to tow your first time in a situation where you're stressed 
without understanding the risks, without having learned the skill and practiced the skill is high risk to say the least for both riders, the, the risk of injury uh, or worse. Now, Clinton Smout of Smart Adventures makes his living, of course, training motorcyclists and towing is something that Clinton has a fair bit of experience doing. Clinton, welcome back. Great to hear you, Jim. Well, in the summertime, I know you do tons of things, obviously do tons of training. You also go to the, the Fundy Rally, or at least you've been there before. What is the Fundy Rally anyway? It's in New Brunswick, and it was started by a guy named Rob Harris. And the idea of it is you would go with a team, two or three people, and you would select GPS or map, either an A, B, or C route, or a combination of them. And if you do a C route, it's incredibly hard, especially on a big adventure bike. A lot of participants would use a 250 or a 350. But you'll never complete the day's ride, 500 kilometers, if you try to get all the C route maximum points. So most people choose a route that combines hard, easy, and really hard. So a couple of years ago, Lawrence Hacking and I volunteered to be the sweeps. So we take good first aid tools and radios. And if anybody gets in any trouble, they need their tire fixed or whatever, then we're radioed by base camp and we find them and fix and help. This particular event was very relaxed because there were good riders. I think we fixed a front tire on a gentleman's tiger. And then we got a pretty serious call. A gentleman had tried a C-section. Maybe he shouldn't have been there and broke his femur. Oh. So it's at the top of about a three-kilometer, really steep, rocky hill. And I've been down that hill before when on a previous Fundy rally. So I knew it was a tough, tough section. It's all rocks with erosion ruts, very, very hard to ride. I'd been down before on a BMW 1200 and struggled. And the thought of going up there was pretty daunting. But the gentleman who'd broken his leg, his KLR 650 was left at the top. So he made it up the hill? Yeah, he did. And that's where he broke his leg. So we had to go up and retrieve his KLR 650. Now, the two bikes we had, I had the big BMW, Lawrence was on a borrowed CRF 250. And the thought of me on the back of Lawrence going up this section on a 250 made us decide we should take my bike. Both of us had to stand up, so he's kind of hanging on to my waist with no backrest. And we, I don't know how we did it, but we got that bike up this hill without stopping And there's the KLR. So Lawrence jumps on and he goes, hey, there's no key in it. I'm going, you're kidding me. No. Who who breaks their leg and then has the presence of mind to take the ignition key with them? Because (laughs) conscientious bike owner. (laughs) He didn't want somebody coming along and taking his ride. Well, we're in the middle of nowhere. There was the odd ATV rider that we would meet. And that's how the broken leg guy got out on the back of an ATV, but he had the presence of mind to take his key. So there's Lawrence and I with the prospect of how are we going to get this bike out? I had my toe strap. So that was the only option. And Lawrence and I 
both grew up with pieces of junk bikes in the old days. So we've, we've had to tow hundreds of times, but neither of us had done it in such a rough, rough section. Well, that's a completely different animal, isn't it? Because it's one thing to tow along the, you know, the side of a road. That's one thing. But then when you get into obstacles, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, it was the toughest ride I've ever done pulling a bike. But the, we did make it down the hill. Now, imagine if I put my brakes on, the tow strap is going to get soft or loop. Then when I give it gas again, it's a very jerky pull and could pull the front end of the KLR around and trebuchet Lawrence over the bar. So we agreed he should be the decelerator of both bikes. Mm. So he rode those KLR brakes. <laughs> the poor guy, he got his bike out, but he needed some new brake pads. I could smell them, and I was in front of him. <laughs> oh, wow. How long was the tow? 3K. Three kilometers is a long time in rough stuff. I mean, really, you know, 100 meters is a long time in rough stuff. Yeah, this was really hard. And when we got down to the bottom, there was a river and a snowmobile bridge that goes over the river, maybe 60 feet across. And when there's enough snow built up, then it's a level. Uh, there's no step up to the top of the bridge because of the snow. But in the summer, there's a one foot step up to the surface of the bridge. So I went to slow down because I thought, well, there's no way I can tow him across the bridge. That'd be insane. So I was going to stop, unhook, and then we would lift the KLR up and then cross the bridge. But Lawrence is that much better caliber rider than I am. And he didn't want to lift it. He just screamed at me, give her, give her. We could do it, give her. So I lit up the 1200, got myself up onto the bridge. But then when the Kalar's front wheel hit that foot step, it just about pulled my front wheel over the edge of the bridge because there's no walls, nothing. It's just flat logs with boards on top. Right. And uh, some of the friends of the gentleman who broke his leg were on the other side and they videotaped us towing a bike across this river on the bridge. And it was a little sketchy, but we did it. It could have, so been, that was, could have been another yeah. rescue operation. Yeah, exactly. That would have been a helicopter one. It was pretty, pretty deep and far down. So I'm sure there's. Though. I'm sure there's some people on the internet who would be laughing at this saying, you know, the people who steal bikes, for instance, who say, oh, all you have to do is unplug that ignition and have, they'd have it running in two minutes sort of thing. Yeah, we thought of that. A KLR is pretty easy to do, but um, it was getting towards the end of the event. And we thought timing wise, maybe it's faster. We just pull them out. Mm. So that's what we did. And messing with somebody else's bike too, I guess there's, yeah, exactly. there's always that. Well, let's talk about towing. And the method we're going to talk about is peg to peg, same as what you're doing there. Is that the safest way to, to tow a bike, peg to peg? Well, as kids, if your bike was running and mine wasn't, we would tie a rope to the back seat rail or some kind of, of uh, back of the fender of your bike and go directly back to the middle of the handlebars on the dead bike. But that can be really sketchy. I had quite a few dragging down a gravel road as a kid with my bike on its side. Yeah, that, that will work as long as you're pulling the straight line. But the moment you, you go off a little bit, then you're pulling the bike over. And then everything goes from bad to worse at that point. 
So when I became a BMW instructor, instructor, that's part of the curriculum that they have us train. And it's often part of a BMW GS challenge to tow one of the other participants for about a kilometer. And it's usually over hill and dale, and they time it. I remember Team France in 2014, it was in British Columbia. Both bikes were getting air off of the rough terrain. They were going so fast. I thought for sure they were going to crash. And it would have toasted the bike being towed. So they won that event. Nobody Hmm. else went anywhere near them. (laughs) Well, peg to peg then um, is the method. First of all, let's talk about precautions. Uh, I think we should probably start there. Yeah, safety. Yeah, what what can go wrong? What's the the, um, inherent problem with towing um, anything? Crashing. Mm. So we, I've seen so many people do it and they thought, you know what, we can't start it. Let's just tow it. And their idea is they're going to tow it, get it started. Maybe it's a bump start and they're going to come back to where they're riding gear sitting on the ground. I think that's insane. You're, mo- you're most likely to crash a bike when you're really not in control of its propulsion. So I recommend absolutely full gear. Helmet, gloves, everything. Mm, yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? Because that is the time when you think that all I'm going to do is give a little bump start. Okay, that's that's perfect. Yes. Um, before we even get into towing, what I've learned after doing it, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit probably a dozen times over the years, check over everything that's going to make that motorcycle run before you tow it, i.e. is your key on, <laughs> is the kill switch in the run position. You're talking about bump starting. Yes, or even towing. Like if you had to tow it, the reason you're towing is because it didn't start. Really take a good look and have someone else recheck your look Mm. just to isolate. Because I know people that have towed bikes for miles and miles, and then I'll walk over and turn the kill switch on and start it. And they're going, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So check things over first just to make sure the reason you're towing it is valid. Okay, and then on that line that you're going on right there of checking everything over, it's also um, probably smart to look the bike over and make sure that it's actually able to be towed, right? We want to make sure the thing's roadworthy. Yeah, exactly. If it's a crash, you know, and it won't start or something like that, I think towing should be the last resort. You're stuck at the top of a rocky hill like that KLR was. There's no other way other than a helicopter getting that thing out or go getting the key from the hospital. So if you're on the side of a road and you have a package in Canada, we have the Canadian Automobile Association. There's the AA in the States. I pay a little extra so I have the premium package. I can call in a flatbed tow truck for my bike if I need it, or maybe a buddy with a trailer but so this is last resort stuff. If you've never done it before, be extremely cautious because it is dangerous. Okay, so we, we've got um, we've got all the the problems with crashing, and, and I mean I think we could go off in a hundred different directions. Yeah, things that can go wrong. <clears throat> um, if you're not comfortable um, with the whole idea of it to begin with, again that goes back to what you're saying. Find another way, right? This is Absolutely. something for. I mean, what's what level of rider do you think you have to be to to be at this stage where you can tow a bike? Well, I guess I'm okay with it because I've done it so often 
at our school, maybe somebody runs out of gas way out in the bush. So we'll give the instructor's bike to that customer and we'll tow in the dead bike if it's easier than going back out with a can of gas, stuff like that. So mm. I probably tow bikes 10 times a riding season, big bikes and little bikes. But there's definitely um, some precautions and take it very seriously, full gear, sober, and not too fast. Speed, you don't need speed to tow something. Right, right. Okay, so let's talk about equipment first. We need something to tow the bikes. What can we use? Yeah, what I use, a gentleman from South Africa, Marshall for BMW, gave me. It's about four meters long, almost five yards long, and it has a loop on each end, very, very heavily constructed. So I loop that over top of the foot peg on the brake side of the bike that is pulling. And I loop it in quite deeply because most adventure bikes have a folding peg. So when you crash, it folds up and doesn't bend. Okay, so, so we're, we're talking about this is the front bike. This is the bike that has the power. That's still. right. Okay. Yes. So if you put it on the end or lip of the foot peg, then when it gets under pressure, it just folds and the loop falls off. So you have to dig it in closer to the frame so the tow bike loop doesn't fall off. Okay. And then what we teach people to try, imagine you have two tire tracks separated by a yard or so, which is like most ATV trails, imagine. The tow bike is in the leftmost tire track. The bike that is dead is in the rightmost. So the tow strap goes back on an angle. That's very important. You don't want both vehicles in the same tire track because then the strap is going to get caught up in all kinds of drivetrain components. And that in itself could cause a crash. So what you're saying is the, the front motorcycle, the towing motorcycle, is going to be hooked on the right-hand peg, your brake side, and the, the tow-e, or the motorcycle that's being towed, is going to be on the left foot peg, which would be, would be the shifter side. Exactly. Okay. So we put it over top of the shifter, and on such an angle, it doesn't have to be in as deep because the foot peg doesn't fold forward on the left. But you don't want it to interfere with the gear shifter and throw it down into first or up into second mm -hmm. during the tow. Because right. that could be very exciting. Okay, so now this is just as far as the hookup. Let's not talk about the actual towing method yet. So as far as the hookup goes, is there another way, another method to attach that uh, tow strap to the dead Absolutely. motorcycle? And this might be better if I didn't know you, Jim, and I thought, I don't know, the guy's got a nice bike, he's got lots of miles on it, but maybe he bought it with all that dirt on it. So if you're <laughs> a very inexperienced rider off-road, I'd be nervous of looping that, putting the strap around the foot peg. So it's nice if you can leave yourself an out. Why would you be nervous about that? Uh, let's say you grab the front brake or inadvertently it goes into gear or something. It may pull both of us over. Mm. So it's nice if the person being towed on the dead bike has an out, has an escape route. So rather than taking your knife and bending over and cutting the strap, 
rather than looping it over top of the left foot peg, how about wrap it around it once or twice and stand on it? And if you're standing up on the bike, the pressure and weight of your left leg and boot will be all the friction needed to hold that strap in place. If things get a little scary, wobbly, whatever, and you're freaking out, simply lift your foot and that strap will pull free. Mm, okay. And, and of course, this will make a difference on what foot pegs you're running. If you've got factory foot pegs with some rubber on it, it'll come off a lot easier than if you have some off-road pegs that are quite aggressive with sharp teeth and something you need to look at when you're doing it. Exactly. What I've always thought would be a great invention, if you've envisioned a glider being pulled by a prop plane, once they get up high enough, the glider pilot pulls a pin or something and the strap lets go. So. <laughs> That would be a great emergency, you know, recovery if something gets crazy. That's a great idea. Now, what bike do you think that should come factory on? Would that be the KLR, the KTM, <laughs> the BMW, no. or should we go well, there? Poli political correctness. <laughs> yeah, no, none of them. They're all wonderfully right. reliable. Okay, so you're, you're getting ready to tow. Um, now, we have to be concerned about the fact that we have this this um, strap between us that isn't going to be a, a, a solid object. In other words, if the front bike slows down and, and the rear bike speeds up, you've got looping on the ground, which can get in the wheels. That's something we want to completely avoid. So can we talk about that before we talk about pulling away? Exactly. I think a couple of minutes worth of discussion and communication between the two riders is critical you can't yell back to give directions. So what we've always said is the bike at the back, the dead bike, is in charge of deceleration. So if you're pulling me, I'm going to use the brakes on my dead bike that will uh, slow both of us down. Because if you slow down, that strap loops. It's not tight anymore. Mm -hmm. Then you give it more gas and it becomes tight abruptly. And that could yank the dead bike over. Right. So you have to be very, very careful, especially around corners. And, and break things and, and do all kinds of things. And, and this is with any, with actually with towing vehicles, it's the exact same way. You use the, the rear vehicle does almost all the braking. It, it is really important for the person that's being towed to have their attention on keeping that strap tight. Now, what about setting up comms between you? Now, it's great if you have actual comms, wireless comms, but if you don't, do you set up some sort of hand signal or do you leave the, the, the rear bike with the ignition on and the, and the horn available? How do you handle that. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah. A good way, three it? beeps is like me screaming. Right. <laughs> or, or a long beep, a short and a long SOS. Uh, we use that if you're in a group of riders and you're the back rider and you crash and your bike's on your leg, you can't get off. You've got an SOS with your horn. Mm. Okay, so that's your job as the towee is to keep that strap tight. And again, we haven't got started yet, but once you're in a towing position, you did mention standing the pegs. Would you recommend that the towing position for the towee is to be in a standing position so you're you're quicker to react and able to get off the bike if something goes wrong? Yeah, I think standing or sitting is based on two options. If you've simply looped it around for safety and you're going to move your foot in case it goes wrong, you should be standing because you don't have enough weight in a seated position for your boot to hold it on. The other variable is the terrain. 
there's no way Lawrence and I were going to sit down coming down that rocky hill because you would have been bounced off the bike. Sure. You know, the standing position using our knees as suspension was critical to getting down there. So it depends where you are, the speed you're going in the terrain. Okay. So we've got our straps hooked up. What's next? Uh, the bikes are angled in different tire tra- tracks. And when everything's ready to go, the person on the tow bike has to ride their clutch a little bit. Take the slack up really slowly. The idea is even if you're mad at the person, you can't roost them with rocks when you take off. So it's very gradual application of throttle. And because you're towing somebody, it's like going up a very steep hill. So you need more clutch control. Get the bike up into a maybe just first gear, unless you're towing down the side of a flat gravel or paved road, you might want to go smoothly up, quick shift into second. Because again, if you take three seconds to shift gears, that rope or strap goes loose. Mm -hmm. And that's very exciting. You don't want that. So speed is important. We usually just go first gear. Slow and steady. Yeah, that's like the tortoise. You're going to finish the race rather than if you get to the end and you don't have anyone behind you, it's probably because you're going too fast. <laughs> and and that's it. I mean, it, it sounds fairly simple, fairly straightforward. How difficult do you think this is for a first-timer? Very. So we recommend starting it with a couple of dirt bikes. Somebody wants to learn this. They're going on a great big trip around the world, which a lot of our listeners do. Mm-hmm then I think it's a very necessary skill that you should practice with small bikes, very controlled situation, flat ground. And then you have that confidence and skill under your belt should you need it. Right. So, so if the bike, a dirt bike, so if it goes down, I mean, a dirt bike can take it rather than your five, six, 700 pound adventure bike with uh, your nice bags and stuff, such. And it's way less likely to go down when it's a small bike. It's more forgiving to suspension change and steering input change. Mm. But you've got a heavily laden adventure bike, maybe with a passenger, and some nice person is going to tow you with a Jeep or something. Wow, that's very scary stuff if you've never done it before. Mm. Or if they, they mean well, but they could still kill you if they're not careful. Yeah. See, this, this is the big thing. That's why I was mentioning about, you know, setting up comms and also the thought process of knowing the other person in the toe, whether the toe or whether the toe-er, because it's, it's the thing where people can mean well, but, but not everyone understands what's going on. And, and maybe if they're driving a Jeep or an ATV, they might understand the power, power to weight ratio compared to what you have at the back as the dead vehicle. And things can get, you know, bent out of shape very, very quickly. And I've seen it many times with vehicles and particular where people just don't understand they'll run over the strap they'll do those sorts of things if if you're towing them so i think it's probably really important to know that other person and make some sort of judgment call on you know can we do this and if it's if it looks like it doesn't work as you start to do it maybe just call it quits at that point exactly is it worth you know smashing your kneecap when it crashes it's not worth it yeah so in a group environment I think I've mentioned before, I go with a bike shop and 20 participants on adventure rides once or twice a year. So on every single ride I've been with them, Baja, the Yukon twice, we've had to dose somebody for 
various reasons. So we usually canvas the group and we say to the person whose bike is dead, are you comfortable doing this? Have you done it before? And if the person says, no, I, 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 I've never done it. You know what? I'll do it for you. I've done it a hundred times. You ride my bike and I'll, or I'll tow and someone more experienced who's done it lots. So don't let your ego make a bad decision. Do you, do you have people come to your school and, and get instruction on this? Absolutely. Yeah. We teach that all the time. Oh, is that like uh, a with, separate course? No, it's all part of the adventure bike course. Uh, oh, that's part for, of the basic, that, that's part of a basic adventure bike course? Uh, it's level two. Level two. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I've actually had to tow people where they bring their own bike and it, something mechanically went wrong way out in the bush. We used it as a practical lesson got everybody to gather around, explained everything involved. And then the instructor and I will ride them out. Okay. So, you know, we, we've talked about um, towing. How about bump starting the bike? That's probably more common than someone actually needing a tow, wouldn't you say? Exactly. And that's the most common use of a tow strap that I've ever used is dead batteries. Mm. Uh, where it was very evident the first time we went to the Yukon, we cheated. We put our bikes in a transport truck. It went across Canada to the far north for seven days, and it was freezing cold. Then when we unloaded those bikes, the, bike, the batteries that were marginal but okay and nice Ontario temperature in the freezing temperatures of the far north, the batteries were dead wouldn't turn the bike over enough to start it. Mm. So every morning, I remember this one gentleman's bike, we couldn't source a battery for it. So every single morning, uh, the other, it's funny enough, his name is Clint, but the other gentleman, I would tow the dead bike. And uh, just like we talked about towing, but for bump starting, what we recommend, again, full gear, Check over everything first. Is there fuel? Are the fuses okay? The kill switch on? The key on? Then if it still doesn't start, what we do is put it in third gear, not first. Because if you try to let out the clutch in first gear, there's so much compression, you'll usually just skid the back tire. That's why we use a higher gear. Mm -hmm. So then as you're towing, I would stand up if I'm on the bike with the bad battery being towed by my friend. So you, you've got it in third gear, you've got the clutch in. And the yeah, ignition the on, in. The, the switch on, everything's on, ready to run. Exactly. Then once you get the bike up to about 15 kilometers an hour, what I do is jump down onto the seat at the exact second that I drop the clutch. Don't let it out slowly. Drop the clutch. And your butt hammering into the seat compresses the suspension down and puts more weight on the contact patch of the rear tire. So now that turning wheel in third gear acts like a propeller on an old airplane where you would go contact and then spin the propeller and step back. It's exactly the same concept. Instead of your electric starter motor turning your engine, the back wheel turns the engine. Right. And if it lights, rev it up a bit, pull the clutch in immediately. 
then beep the horn. And that's the signal to the person that's pulling you. Okay, I got it started. And that person calmly and slowly decelerates off to the side of the road so that the bike being towed um, can do the same thing. But keep the clutch in and keep it revved up. Keeping it revved up helps the engine that wouldn't start clear all the gas out of the fuel system that maybe you loaded it up with repetitive slow turnover and then put it in neutral. Don't shut it off. Right. And then what happened with this one gentleman with the bad battery wouldn't start in the morning. When we rode for an hour, his charging system brought the battery up enough that it started for the rest of the day. Mm. But the next morning after sitting all night in the cold, I had to bump start him again. Right. And the thing with a lot of motorcycles is they don't charge that much at an idle, if at all, some of them, if at all, they've got to be revving a fair bit. Unlike a car, you leave the car sitting there and run for 30 minutes and it'll charge the battery up. Motorcycles aren't like that. Yeah. Motorcycles don't have the same kind of alternator system. It's more of a stator. Mm -hmm. And as you say, got to have a lot of rotation in those magnet windings to charge up a battery. A lot of revs. But the the point there is, Get your battery checked with an expert meter that will illustrate the cold cranking amperage before you go to cold climates. So that's sort of a tip to throw in there. That, that the battery is something worth looking at before you head off on some sort of adventure because um, it's just a, one of those pain in the butts that you don't need. As a matter of fact, we the uh, Southward Chronicles um, series that we're doing with Jeremy and L who are heading south. Jeremy's had a problem with his battery. I don't know if it would have showed up before he left. But it's that type of thing you want to you want to do a check on it, and the load test will do that, give you an idea of, of how good your battery is. That's where they they set up a, a load tester on it and load the battery down, and it, it shows the condition of it. Well worth doing before you head out, before you ship your bike off to the north. Exactly, and I think if we expound on that, it's worth a few hundred dollars to have your bike tuned up, checked over completely. If you're doing you know across a continent type tour, mm-hmm. I would wave rather find out when the mechanic calls me and says, you know, Clinton, your stator's gone than when I'm in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Or spot something like even battery terminals or whatever the case is. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Hey, Clinton, one more question I have for you before we wrap this up is you mentioned that, you know, hooking the, the, um, the straps to opposite pegs in the bike and yeah, you're, you're at an angle, you're offset. So from one side of the bike to the other side of the other bike, you mentioned going from the right hand side of the tow bike to the left hand side of the tow e-bike, meaning the, the tow, the bike doing the towing is on the brake lever side. Um, and the bike being towed is on the shifter side. Is there any reason for that? Could it be done the other way around? Absolutely. It could be done the other way. Um, for me, as of the bike in front, I'm usually in the left tire track. That's probably why I oh, started I it. Mm. But if you did put the lead bike in the right tire track, the you just want to make sure if you're wrapping the toe loop to the dead bike's right foot peg, that it's not going to interact with the rear brake pedal. Mm, of course. Because that's going to defeat the toe. <laughs> Clinton, once again, thank you very much. Great information. Um, you, you, My pleasure. You, I hope no one has to tow, but it might help them if they ever get there. But of course, the best thing to do is, like you said, go out and, and learn it somewhere first before you have to, before you find yourself forced to use it in a stressful situation, because that's a whole different ball game right there as well. It really is. Thanks, Clinton. My pleasure. All the best, Jim. Take care. 
I've been speaking with Clinton Smout from Smart Adventures in Ontario, Canada, and his website is smartadventures.ca. We're going to take a short break to thank a couple of sponsors to help make this episode possible. But when we come back, we've got a tow strap specifically designed for motorcycling that could make towing a whole lot easier. Stay with us. A number of years ago, I remember riding my KLR along a sort of a two-track trail, sort of a rough road, plenty of potholes, quite rough. It had been raining a couple of days leading up to this, so the dips were filled with water and and some sections were muddy. And I hit this one section, sort of an easy slope up onto a plateau-like area, and I I rolled the throttle on, gained some speed. And as I topped the rise, I realized there's a large puddle at the top stretching from one side to the other that I couldn't see until I actually topped it. No problem. Um, I, I didn't have much choice. I hit it at full speed, but the water was a little deeper than I anticipated. And when the wheel cut through the water, it sprayed jets of water, two of them, one on each foot peg on either side. It blew my feet off the stock rubber coated pegs and boom, I'm sitting on the bike with my feet dangling and kind of dragging. If I had been running my IMS foot pegs, it wouldn't have been an issue. I would have ridden right through it and not even thought about it at all. And that's the hallmark of a great product, one that does its job so well, it blends into invisibility. It builds confidence and increases your ability to control your motorcycle. IMS Products has a full line of adventure motorcycle pegs, warranted for life, built in the USA, imsproducts.com. And anytime you're talking with them, make sure you throw in there. You heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, imsproducts.com. I've had riders come up to me when I'm riding in cold weather and say they would ride today, but they don't like being cold. The thing is, I don't like being cold either. It's not about suffering. It's about being prepared, same as most things. So if you're riding cold weather, the best ways to do it, the best way to do it is the way you do other outdoor activities is wear layers, starting with a thin layer close to your skin, getting thicker as you move to the outside, ending in some type of wind protection for your jacket and pants. Now, one thing I find is a hoodie in one of those inner layers. I use a merino wool sweater, very thin, close to my skin. Take that hoodie and pull that up underneath your helmet, and that protects the back of your neck and adds some insulation to your helmet, which is always needed. But when it comes to your feet, your feet are out there in the wind and and the water. They're exposed the most, and they're tough to keep warm, and they're tough to get warm again. You want to wear the best you can get. And the best I've ever found is Pearly's Possum Socks. Pearly's is the official sock for Adventure Rider Radio because I have not found a better sock anywhere. It is the best cold weather sock I've ever tried. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com. Go there, grab yourself a pair, and let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. If you've ever towed a bike before or even a four-wheel vehicle, uh, car, truck, Jeep, it doesn't matter, you'll, you'll be well aware of that jolt that you get when the vehicle doing the towing pulls that rope or strap tight. It jerks the dead vehicle into motion. Now, that jerk or snap is one of the inherent problems associated with towing, particularly a motorcycle, because unlike a car, we have to keep our balance. And when that yank or pull is on one side of the bike, because the strap is hooked to our foot peg on the one side of the bike, Well, it's obviously going to pull the bike 
opposite to that foot peg. That yank is going to make the bike veer off to the side. Now, that's only when you first pull away, but the problem persists after you get going. Variations in the road surface, like bumps and dips uh, in the road, change the vehicle speed. The front bike, if it slows down a bit because it goes down into a dip, the rear bike tends to catch up. And right there, you've got slack in the line. And of course, if the front rider reduces the throttle, even just slightly for a split second, which is easily done, Again, you've got slack in the line. This happens repeatedly and quickly, very quickly as you tow. And each time the tow strap is pulled tight, that's another jerk on the foot pedal of the dead bike. And another time that person riding that dead bike has to wrestle it for balance. This is where the real finesse comes in between the two riders. And it takes a lot of practice, um, not only in doing the towing itself, but practice the coordination between the two riders to understand how each other rides. Fortunately for us riders, there's a guy that's already thought of this and invented something he calls the Dynato, Dyna, Dynato Strap something. What is it again? It's our Dynato Dynamic Toe Strap. Right. That's, <laughs> that's Adam Owens from Green Chili Adventure Gear. He's the big cheese there, does all kinds of things like uh, day-to-day operations. Yeah, we, um, I help run the place and design gear and um, mail it out to you. But most importantly for us, he gets to design gear like the Dynato Dynamic Dynato Dynamic Toe Strap. Okay, Dynato <laughs> Dynamic Toe Strap. Got yeah. it. Okay. Now, um, so what did you do with this? So what we did, we took our tensioners that we use in all our straps. Uh, instead of cutting them apart, we left them together. So it actually gives a stretch to the toe strap. And the reason that's important, if you've ever tried to tow a bike before, there's a distinct snap. When the guy that's towing starts to pull the guy that's being towed, um, on on paved roads or really good roads, it's less of a big deal. But when you start riding rough terrain, um, every time the guy in the front gets a big bump or hits a big bump or goes over something, there's a real hard jerk to the guy in the back that's being towed. And on two wheels, that can mess with your balance or or your track if you're trying to stay in or out of a rut to be towed. Um, this a personal story and this was the how the prototype got tested actually me and my business partner nate we were down in a state forest in florida and you ride it during the first part of the year because later in the year once the rain comes it's just too flooded to ride so nate went through a mud hole he slid off and i saw him slide off but he made it and when i when it was my turn i slid off and did not make it and i hydrolocked my bike so we used our z-drag to pull it out and then I had the prototype toe strap. So we pulled the toe strap out and we had about, I think it was probably about a 15 mile toe. And that, yeah, it was pretty long. That state forest, we went through, I mean, swampy mud, deep sugar sand, hard packed sand, going over trees. I mean, you na- just think of a swampy state forest and it's all of those terrain types. And then we made it back out to the road and we had, I think it was probably about five or six miles of road. And, I mean, we were we were going about 40, 45 miles an hour, I think, if I remember right. But that stretch in the tow strap was really key because it, as the person towing starts to slow down, there's reaction time for the person being towed to hit their brakes. So that tension in our dynamic strap will actually pick up the slack. Mm. So you, you're not dragging the ground. It helps keep the strap out of the rear tires. Um, and then as that person starts to speed up, you can tell. And you don't, 
you don't get a snap. You can imagine if you're towing at 40 miles an hour on pavement and all of a sudden you get a hard snap like that's that could be that could be pretty dangerous. Yeah. And, and we talked in this episode about the, the person in the back doing the braking and everything. But what I really liked about this, and I, did, I didn't realize you guys were making this, um, but what I liked about this is that stretchy part in the middle does those two things. Like you said, keeps it up off the ground and out of the wheels and then also lessens the jolt when you when you end up pulling tight with the front one and because it's a coordination thing it's it's um and yeah. if you're not doing it a lot you're not going to be real coordinated with it the two of you so you're bound to get that jerking thing so anything you can do there to to um help with that makes a huge difference uh, what made you think of that when you were making the strap uh actually a friend of mine that owns acme moto 2 they make some hard boxes he we were talking one day and he was like oh yeah i've always he was talking about a, a stretchy toe strap so he was in our shop that day. We were working on some other stuff, and uh, we just got some stuff out, started sewing it, and it was came out pretty cool. And then we tested it in Florida and decided that it worked really good. The only changes we made after testing it in Florida, we added a couple more feet of length, and we put a sewn loop on one end. Um, the sewn loop is for the person towing. They can put it around their foot peg, and then the when I was being towed, we wrap the peg so in case you fall or you need to bail out, you just lift your foot and it comes on unfurled. So you're not just getting dragged. <laughs> so this toe strap has the loop on just the one end and the other one's meant to be wrapped. Right. And we sewed the loop flat. So this can be a preference thing. The person towing, if they want to wrap their peg also, the loop is sewn flat. So you can wrap that peg and do it that way. Or you can put the loop around the peg. It, it comes down to preference. Um, I've seen different teachers teach it different ways. So we just, we sewed the strap to work, work both ways. And um, you're, what is this, about uh, 25 feet long or something? Yeah, it's um, total stretched out is 26 feet, but 32 inches of that is stretch. Hmm. So how, how much stretch is it? Like how, how, um, how hard is it to stretch it out? Um, you'd probably put about maybe 50 pounds of pressure or something like that. You can... You can, it moves the motorcycle before it's fully stretched out. Oh, okay. That's so you actually, yeah, you actually start moving and then, you know, once it's fully towing, you, you know, it's got the full stretch to it, but you'll, your bike will start rolling before all the stretch has gone out of it. And I'm assuming that you do this the same way you do your other strap systems, like where there's the, the elastics in the middle and then you've got the tube on the outside that makes it sort of unbreakable. Yeah, Correct. Those are, those are custom woven for us, so it's actually all one piece. Um, the elastics are woven inside that tubular webbing, so it does it, it protects the elastics from abrasion and UV, but it also makes it as strong as a solid strap. So mm. once that stretches out, it's essentially tubular webbing. I mean, it's, it's a, a solid nylon strap, basically, once the stretch is pulled out. Right. This is a one inch nylon, and I think you have a video where you say it's a it's about the size of a a bad sandwich. Yeah, that's right. It's a little pouch, and yeah, a good sandwich should be bigger and heavier. Right, right. <laughs> so for the size of a sandwich, and, and double uses. Of course, you can use this in camp. I mean, we always talk about double uses for this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Every good every good piece of adventure gear has more than one use, right? So um, you could easily use it for like a ridge line for a tarp or a clothesline. Then with that loop sewn in it, if you didn't have one of our Z-Drags and somebody was stuck, you could girth hitch that around, a, you know, the fork tubes or uh, an engine guard and have a friend pull it. And the, the cool thing about a dynamic strap 
is the person pulling once they have all that that stretch pulled out the stretch actually assists in the recovery which is kind of a neat it doesn't really make sense to me but you know according to physics it helps <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's the same as they do for four wheeling they've got the the tug straps recovery straps which are like just like that only the whole strap stretches and the idea yeah. is you get the momentum of the vehicle that's pulling to stretch the strap out and by the time it's coming to a stop that momentum then gets picked up by the stuck vehicle and, and pulled out and it's, it's tremendous and it also makes a it's the same thing as your strap is it it stops the the jerking that would break tow points um damage vehicles all that sort of thing and extracts a vehicle so yeah yep. huge advantages yeah it works it works really good and it's got a lot of a lot of advantages over just a piece of rope or a lot of people just carry a piece of plain webbing it's it's got a lot of advantages to that and it packs about as small really or smaller in a lot of cases great stuff adam thank you very much all right thank you glad to be here Green Chili Adventure Gears, Adam Owens, talking about his Dynato Dynamic Toe Strap. Their website is greenchiliadv.com. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com. Also, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear at greenchiliadv.com. And Moto Breeze Chain Oilers at motobreeze.com. Hey, you do us a great favor. If anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime you see them anywhere, you mention that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. That's it. That wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio. We hope you enjoyed the rider skills segment again. Go out there and learn to tow. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin. And of course, to you, the listener, thank you for being a part of this. Drop by our website and look at our other show that we do. Raw comes out once a month, ARR Raw at AdventureRiderRadio.com. Also, all of our episodes are on there, along with all the show notes for each episode. Show notes are a place where you can go and find some photos from the the episode that you just listened to, some notes, and, and definitely all the links that we've talked about in each show. There's also a spot on the bottom for your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Drop in there, pop a comment in. Also, follow us on social media and please share our stuff. Share our stuff on Facebook and Twitter, anywhere else you find us. Share the stuff on social media so others can find the show as well. My name's Jim Martin. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. Talk to you next week. Hi, this is Fonzie, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Hey!